Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. 1 Kings chapter 19. We'll read 1 to 5. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, the man of God arose, went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there. He left his robe, left everything that has to do with ministry. But he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. Then he prayed that he might die. He didn't pray that his enemy would die. And then he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I don't know whether we can get to verse 5 today, but we'll see because we're going to run this up next week. This morning, the title of my message is Broom Tree Hideouts Don't Last. Broom Tree Hideouts Don't Last. Let me begin by reminding us what God called us to do as a ministry. HCC was founded by God, commissioned by God to provide a home and a hope for broken people to assure us that there is enough left in the pot, enough left in your life for you to still grow for yet a miracle to take place. That there is nobody beyond Repair, nobody beyond restoration. ACC was set up to strengthen he that thinks he stands, lest he falls. That's our assignment as a ministry. So that either way, whether you are falling or you are falling, you can rise. And whether you are standing, you can stay strong. That's our assignment. That's why it's the home of the restored people. Last week, we saw David, a man who could have fallen where Moses fell. But we saw David standing. We told ourselves that those who are hidden don't blow their cover. Today, we are going to join David. But before we join David, in his current lockdown postcode, because it seems that this guy has found himself in one of the lockdown postcodes. Before we join him, I want us to explore how did he get here? Because unless you are able to retrace how did you find yourself in a mess, you can't understand why you do need to come out of the mess. That's why many people don't even know they're in a mess. You must be able to retrace. You know, there is a song that says, count your blessings. Name them one by one. So how did David get here? 
David, a young man. We read in the scriptures how at the age of 16 or 17 thereabout, the prophet came to their house. And in the midst of the family, the Bible said when nobody gave him a chance, David was anointed king. The king of the future. He was supposed to lead Israel. When all his big brothers were there, David was chosen. Not only that, we have seen how God had delivered David through many wondrous feats. When he had gone to attack or animals have attacked him, wild beasts have attacked him. But David survived. I want you to imagine you are David in everyone I'm talking about. How many times will I have said, Pastor, I have a testimony? I want you to think about how many times you, have, you will have called your friend, this happened again today. David, before he got to where we are taking him to today, or where he found himself, David was a man that when he, he went to give his brothers groceries, he stepped forward to kill a giant at a time that strong and trained military people were hiding, including their commander-in-chief. And he brought him down. He brought Goliath down. Goliath of Gath. This same David. He gained notoriety one single night in the glaring eyes of Israel. Everybody sang his praise. He became the word on everyone's lips. People changed their DP for his picture. David became so popular. This same David, he survived many attacks of the king. In fact, within two chapters, he survived 12 times attacks to kill him. Attacks that were traps set up to kill him. Once Saul said, you know what, I want to pay the, the dowry of my, my daughter. With, he set up things that he knew would kill him. He survived 12 times. Not counting when he was now on the run. This same David had found himself in a moment where it could only be God that delivered him. He had called upon God, how will I do this? And God has given him grace. David was on the run in the wilderness. But God hid him in plain sight. We are talking about David. Can you see moments in your life that God had done things, God has saved you, God has delivered you from moments you could not even tell? We have followed David to the wilderness of Zeph. We are at a point the king was about to get him. But at a place called the Rock of Escape, he had escaped. Because God made his enemy to hear a rumor. This is the same David. And last week, we left David at a point where God placed his enemy in his hand. And David stepped into the enemy's camp, into the lion's den. And God has sent a deep sleep on his enemy. And he took the spear and the jug. This David has survived things that many, many people, strong people, will never escape. I don't know whether you actually know that you have survived things in your life. Things that people who are better than you never survived. You have survived medical operations. You have survived health issues. You are surviving right now things that people who are much better qualified, better who are stronger than you, are not surviving. 
I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. I'm talking to survivors. I'm talking to people who are appreciative of no matter what is going out there, no matter what the virus is saying, I am still surviving. I am marching on. I'm talking about people who are grateful. I am here. My home is standing. My job is standing. I am talking about people who know God has saved me. I have been through the rock of escape. I am here. Businesses have gone. I'm talking about people who know I am alive. Not because I am good. Because he is God. That's David I'm talking about. Unless you can see yourself in the story, you will not know God is talking to me this morning. My dear friends, this is a David that is full of songs to God. A David that knew that who am I without God? A David who knew that I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of God. That's the David that I know. Now I'll be seated for one second. This same David, this same David, despite all the things that he's just been through, despite all the testimony, he just finished the service. Everybody just gathered with him for thanksgiving. And as we were leaving the church, this David who had had miracles, who God had saved from embarrassing cases, who God had given miracles that others would pay money to get. And as we're getting into the car park, this David made a conclusion in his mind. Oh my goodness. I have to run away. I must run away. Because certainly, one day, I'm going to perish in the hand of Saul. He said it in his heart. And you know, the problem about saying things in your heart is nobody knows what's going on. We can see the surface. We might still be eating together, but you have said stuff in your heart. But let's leave David here. And I want to introduce, bring onto the podium our second witness this morning. The man is called Elijah. He also was hidden in plain sight. So who is Elijah? Elijah the Tishbite. A man of God full of power. Elijah was the one who confronted the king. An evil king. And stood up against the king. And said to the king. Who turned the heart of the nation to worship Baal. Ahab and his wife Jezebel. They turned the country to another thing. Built up a lot of idols. And built up altars for the idols. And so God raised up Elijah. Elijah was the man who after he looked at the king in the face, he said there will be a drought in this land. At my word, there will be no rain. I don't know who I'm talking about. Have you spoken and God honored your word before? This is a man who spoke and heavens responded. He said, there shall be no rain or dew until I say so. Until I say so. A man who spoke to the elements and they responded. This is Elijah. Elijah, after he said that, then the, the queen released some demonic assignment against his life. He said, get me Elijah, dead or alive, but you are still here. You are still here, Elijah. There have been curses over your life, but you are still here. But guess what? God hid Elijah in plain sight. He didn't go far. He was in the land. In fact, God turned Elijah into a, an enigma. 
You could explain that there was a saying at that time that Elijah became like a spirit. One moment you see him here, and then you can't see him again, he's over there. So people were scared about who really Elijah was. That's how far God can keep you in the season of pandemic. And God keeps you where the eagles dare you step into it. Because you are not going by yourself. Because the battle is the Lord's. Elijah stepped into places nobody wanted to go. And after three years, God said to Elijah, he said, Elijah, go and show yourself to the king. And Elijah showed up and he said, hey, king, gather all your prophets, 850 of them. Gather them and let us meet on Mount Camel. And the Bible said on that day, and gather the whole nation because there's going to be a show. We are going to see whether it is coronavirus that owns the land or God. Are you listening to me this morning? I want you to tell me whether God owns the land or is the virus. And so they gathered on Mount Carmel. The Bible says that on that day, Elijah said to them, Now, I want you to call fire from your God. Set the altar. And so the Bible said they prayed from morning till night. Elijah was eating chicken on the side. He was saying, Get me another chicken drum. Another drumstick, sorry. And then they were just eating. And then they were calling on their God. He said, no, I think he traveled. Oh, no, I think he's sleeping. Wake him up. And the whole nation were like, people have been gathering at the altar of fear. People have been gathering at the altar of, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I'm going to stay with Bell. Bell is my gain. And then they were holding on to, and Elijah said, no, come on, call. He said, because today you have to make a choice. Is it God you will serve or the fear in your heart? And Elijah, when they, when they gave up, they said, we have tried. He cannot save us. We have followed all the fear in our heart. But he can't save us. Okay. So Elijah said, now he got up. He put the altar in order. May the Lord put everything that is broken in your life. Broken altars. Broken values. Broken values in your life. May he put it in order this morning. I came with something for somebody here this morning. He said, listen to me. Put it in order. Put your prayer life in order. Put the word life in order. Put your relationship in order. Put your career in order. This morning I'm touching every area of your life. I'm touching the root. I'm touching the foundation. I'm touching everything that's been broken. Everything that's been scattered in your life. Receive grace for repairing. I tap on the root and the grace of commission of this house. This morning everything broken about your life. Receive grace for healing. Elijah, he put everything in order. And then he said, that's what? Pour water. Sir, what did he say? I said, pour water. How can we pour water? We expect fire. He said, pour water. So they poured water until the altar, water was flowing. It was full of water. And then Elijah, he said, God the answers by fire. Show Israel that you are God. 
I came to tell somebody this morning the things that your doctor couldn't do. Receive grace for your healing this morning. The things that your bank manager cannot do, receive grace. This morning, in the name of Jesus, receive good answer. Receive breakthrough. Receive breakthrough. All the things that you scheming, your planning, your personal brain, your understanding, everything you put together, receive life. Receive life. Receive help in the name of Jesus. There was a solution. He called fire and God honored this word. He sent fire from above. The fire from above locates you. And Israel was like, what? You know the story. The fire leaked. The water. Everything. That's not where I'm going. And then he turned to the wicked king. The king that doesn't deserve it. He said, king... Get ready. <laughs> I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I speak unto you, your business has been drying up. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I said that you may have been let out from your last job. But I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Get ready, get ready, get ready. In the name of Jesus. Something is about to happen to The king didn't question him. Now, when you've seen results, you don't question. The king got on the horse and he rode straight to Jezreel. So when he got home, he told his wife and he said, something happened today. Of course, Elijah asked all the prophets of Baal to be killed. You know that. So when he told his wife, Jezebel said, what nonsense? What kind of prophets will have so much power? So she sent a demonically coded message to the prophet. A prophet who knows what it means to be saved by God. A prophet who knows what it means to be delivered by God. A prophet who knows what it means to take a child to the hospital. And for the hospital people to say, you know what? This one, we don't even know what to do. And yet, you took that same child, you laid your hands, you prayed, and something happened. A prophet who knows what they say, you know, it will take you so much weeks for you to be recovered. And then God did it in a matter of days. Are you, are you listening to me? A prophet who knows my credit record does not even amount to the kind of favor I am getting. When you sing God at work, God expects a level of believing him. And this prophet, when he got the message, you will think, he will say, oh, so there's round two. Okay, bring it on. But the prophet, the Bible said, he got up. He left his shoe, his Bible, and he ran for his dear life. He didn't even call his servant. That one joined him. Because he didn't know where he was heading himself. All he knew was, unless I protect my own life, nobody will protect me. This same prophet. The Bible said when he ran, he got to a point, he looked back, the servant was, he said, you know what? Man of God, it's been good serving God together with you. Just stay here. I'm going yonder. He left him there. And then he found the broom tree. Ah! This is safe. Far enough 
from the enemy. I can sit here and rest. Just like David thought. If I go to the Philistines, the enemy cannot get me there anymore. My dear friend, listen to the thinking of David. And listen to the thinking of Elijah. It's not about the enemy searching for you that matters. It's the fact that he can't get you. Oh, you didn't get that, you see? It is not that he will stop searching for me. No, 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 no. The virus has not stopped searching, but he can't get you. <laughs> Are you following me now? It's not that he can't stop. It's not about stopping. It's about not getting you. That's the key thing. That is the key thing. That is the key thing. The enemy has an assignment. He said to go to and fro. He looks to and fro, seeking whom? He, that's his job. He's seeking because you are not available. So let's jump again to David. Now that we have our two witnesses on the podium, David said to himself, listen, there is nothing wrong in saying things to yourself. If, I, if we're going to be honest, every one of us say things to ourselves. It is what you're saying to yourself that matters. If you say the wrong things to yourself because the battle is in the mind. You say the wrong things to yourself, you get the wrong output. David was saying the wrong things to himself. And what he said to himself was, it is certain. He said to himself, oh, one of these days, I will be destroyed. I shall be destroyed. What a word to say. With your mouth. This morning by the mercies of God. And the blood of the lamb. I cancel every evil word. Every wrong confession we have made. Everything we have said to ourselves. To our children. To our family. In anger. Out of fear. Out of frustration. Lord have mercy on us. There is a prayer. It's dangerous. We pray in this house. We say say unto the righteous. He shall be well with you, for you shall eat of the fruit of your dreams. You see, you have to make sure that the fruit of your dream is good. And we also know that there's fruit of your sins. And David said one of the most dangerous things. I came to tell you, even if you are said it, even if you have done it, there is the blood. Amen. This morning we hide. We cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. David said this. And then he decided. I am going to settle. In Gath with Akish. Now look at verse 2. I want to show you verse 2. I want to remind you what we read. So David. And 600 men with him. Went over, <laughs> went over, 600 men with him went over to Achish, the king of God. He said, David and his men settled in God with Achish. Each man, watch this, each man had his family with him. So David didn't go with 600 people. David went with 600 households. Think about that. Many times we pray in our 
career, in our professional life, in our walk with God, for God to lift us. And that's good. But what many of us fail to know is that the higher you go, the more visible you go, the more you are responsible, and the more you are no longer just for yourself. Your decisions, how you handle your pain, how you handle your successes, your testimonies and your failures, it's not just about yourself. And I have news for you. If you think, well, it doesn't matter. Everybody should know God for themselves. No, God will ask you. Every soul you have misled, directly or indirectly, God will ask you one day. Oh, it is me. It's my life. I have to look after me. Really? And when you're asking God to promote you, where was you? Everything you do, this is the reason why, <laughs> friends, this is the reason why there's leadership. This is the reason why even in the secular world, when things go bad, it's the head that rolls. So your actions as a head of a family, when it misleads the family, there's a reason. Everyone in political office that just use your position, I want to become a prime minister. When you get there, you don't know what virus is going to be in your regime. Why we're talking about praying. These things are important because generations may not recover as a result of what you've done. In ministry, in family, think about it 600 households, wife, children. Many of them don't even know that. Why are we going? Just follow. <laughs> That's too much question. So they follow David. Because they saw something in David that they were following. Let me quickly, before I get to my message, mention six things that happens when you take the broom tree hide out as an option. Six things that happens. The first thing that happens is there is an immediate sense of freedom. It's a false sense of freedom. That's in the scripture. You see that in verse 4. The Bible said when Saul was told that David had fled to Gath, he no longer searched for him. Can you see that? Isn't that cool? He doesn't have to wake up anymore and think, okay, are they searching for us? Nobody is searching for you anymore, David. Because you have gone to hide now under the broom tree. You have a sense of freedom. I don't even need to go to church. You know, I don't worry myself anymore now. I just wake up and I live my life. I do my thing. If I want to play the message, I'll play it anytime. I don't need to follow up anybody. I don't need to. All those things. No, God is not that hard. Listen to me. When David took that decision to go to Gath, it's not that David became backsliding. No, David became carnal. To be carnal is when you, you stop looking at God and you focus on yourself. It's yourself. Friends, we are more dangerous and unreachable when we are carnal Christians. You know why? If a person is lost, you know they are lost now. 
So you know what kind of effort and prayer to pray because they are lost. You know how much grace, how much patience because they are lost. When a person is strong and victorious, you know how to relate to them because they are winning. But when they are carnal, they are not lost, they are not found. And the problem here is, every time you want to talk to them, they know the promises you are quoting. They know the what you are about to say. And they say, I know that, I know that, but I just want to do me. See, that's a dangerous thing. So you see in this passage, it's false sense of freedom. Ah, at last, I don't need to even go to home church. I don't need to, nobody needs to bother my life because there's corona, everybody knows there's corona in town. I don't need to be a Christian in fact, but I'm a Christian, no. I see do God, I love God in my heart too. I just do it in my own way. God knows all of us. We're all one. Kingdom. Really? A false sense of liberty. I don't have to be responsible. I don't have to I don't have to even be accountable. Because after all, I have asked my servant to stay away. I don't have to, I don't need to package myself. I don't need to study. I don't need to do nothing. Join prayer. I don't have to. Because why? Everybody knows there's Corona in town. There is Saul looking for Saul. And I've left Saul's kingdom. That's the first thing you will see. I know I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm not talking to anybody listening. I'm talking about your friend that you need to minister to. This morning, please open your spirit. David will take us to places that will shock you this morning. I don't have to feel married. I don't need this responsibility. After all, I was free. I'm free. I've gone away from my family. I am free. I'm a weekend husband. The first day somebody told me that word years ago. I said, is there a free word called weekend husband? So you have a false sense of liberty. I do as I please because of my time. Let me move on here. Number two. Number two. The nesting part of having the broom tree as a covering. You live below the life that God chose for you. You live below the life. I want you to understand, friends. Every one of us, when you were saved, God saved you for a reason. And that is a life he chose for you. Huh. Look at David. <laughs> the Bible said in verse 5, David said to Akish, if I found favor in your eyes, let there be a place. <laughs> he said, let them give me a place. Some town in the country that I may dwell there. I mean, why? Why should your servant live in the royal city with you? This is David, the future king of Israel. 
This is David, the champion of the Philistines. How do I know that? Didn't they make the rules? They said, whoever kills the other person becomes the champion of the other person. But now David says, your servant, I am not worthy to be in the same town with you. How does that apply to me, pastor? <laughs> you know, when you have chosen the broom tree, what you thought you have mastered now begin to master you. Habits that you have thought you have left behind begins to master you. Things you thought you won't put your hands into anymore. You now become enslaved under it again. Discipline that you thought you have had, you now begin to lose it. But I thought I had left this. Oh yeah. You left it when you had a sense of knowing who you are. But now you have chosen to take the broom tree. At that point, my dear friends, <laughs> that's what happens. You become enslaved. You are meant to be the leader. A department leader. But now you don't even know what it means to join a prayer meeting. We call you a manager, a director at work. But you are the one who phones in most every time. I think I've got the symptoms. My cat sneezed last night. I have to isolate. There was so much hope when you got this job that you can help us take the company to another level. But you are the one that gives most excuses. But you want the money. You want the title? But not the responsibility. There are people that, if right now we decide to remove their name from leadership, they will manifest every demon you thought they have left behind. But one single ounce of leadership trait is not in them. You want the position, but not the responsibility. You want to be called daddy. But you are still behaving like a single person. You don't have the capacity of a matriarch in the house. It's a big responsibility to become matriarch of a family. Because generations are tied to you. You are shaping the destiny of husbands in future, wives in future. So the things you should rule over are ruling over you right now. used to know what it means to give. Now I don't have to give. I don't have to give. I don't have to, I don't have to do anything, actually. That's what happens when the broom tree is your covering. But it don't last. Number three, you stay compromised longer than you intended. You know the problem with taking the broom tree? Because, you see, of all places that David could go to, even if he felt he needed to run away, God, why God, of all places? Some of you might need to remember yourself. Remind yourself, God was the town of Goliath. I mean, David's name was posted all over the whole place. The guy that killed our champion. So if you were going to hide somewhere, why God? Gath, 
But do you know something, friends? David was in Gath for 16 months. He stayed longer than he thought. Now, what do you mean 16 months? Is that a big deal? Oh, hey, it's every big deal. Because in 16 months, David never prayed. He never consulted God. There was not a single psalm from the psalmist of Israel. There was not a moment David consulted God. Oh, that's not the case with me. Me, I pray to God. I can't wake up without praying. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where was the interaction with God. Where was the fire he once had? David was there for 16 months. You stay there longer until you will fall asleep, a deep sleep. That's what happens under the broom tree. Number four, you develop a dual personality. A dual personality. You develop that it becomes the norm. Rather than the unusual. Rather than the odd. It becomes the norm. Dual personality. Let me show you. That's what happened to David. The Bible tells us in verse 8 to 9. He said, now David and his men went up and raided the Gushrites and the Gazites and the Amalekites. From ancient times, these people, they had lived in the land extending to shore and Egypt. Whenever David, now watch this, whenever David attacked an area, he did not leave a man or woman alive. But he took sheep and cattle, donkeys and camels and clothes. And then he returned to Akish. Why did he do that? The next verse tells us that. So that nobody alive will come and tell the king where they have been to. So when the king asked them, so where have you been reading today? Oh, the southern part of Judah. It became a dual personality. So when that happens, you begin to now hide things we not normally hide. You become vague. So what's going on these days? Oh, you know, the Lord is doing great things. Yeah, we, I'm having a great time. So when people become vague, 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 vague. Dual personality. That's what you begin to see because David, he's now ready so that nobody will tell his story. When he sees you are coming that way, he will go this way. I don't want to talk to anybody. While this was going on, friends, I'm about to get to my message. The followers of David Remember where we started from? They came to him when they were nobody. When he was nobody. They believed in what he was. Remember what we said to you? There's one word if you should sum David's life to one word. I told you many times, honor. Remember that? But now, they have seen David. There is no more honor. David will kill what we won't kill normally. Normally when we go to war, we'll spare children. We will spare certain people. Now we kill everybody so that nobody will tell our story. They've been carrying out orders which are not consistent with their master. So they have been having internal issues. But they couldn't talk because they have covenants with David. Now, something serious about to happen. In chapter 29, we're not reading it. I'll tell you the story you read it before. So the, the rulers of Philistines now gather to go to war 
And David and his men showed up because we are now Philistines. But they have been having problems with David, except Akish, who have encouraged him to stay. So the other ruler said to Akish, you know what? These Hebrews that are amongst us, we are suspecting them. Akish said, no. The man since he came here has been a man of true honor. I found nothing wrong with him. Since he joined our fellowship, he's been really nice. He comes on time. He sits there. He loves God. That's why he's been doing it. He's a true man. Listen, men may call you true, but what did God call you? What is really going on? We may all celebrate you. Bishop this, bishop that. But before God, who are you? But the disciples of David, they were watching him. So in 29, in 29, they said to him that David, you can no longer be with us. David, you have to go back home. Home. Nobody told him that word for a long time. David had lost his identity. He had lost home. Which home? Where do I under which flag do I fight? Night time had fallen on David. David had lost contact. He had lost hope. Heavens had become black over him. And David can't see the stars. But they were so far from him. David had become a man of no country. Where is home? Maybe the Greek question is, who am I? But no, that's not the real question. The question is, who have I become? I can hear the crickets, but I can't hear God anymore. I have lost my bearing. But you have to remember the 600 men who are watching him. David had been caught in a ticket of his own decisions. A man who brought down Goliath. He chose to be me. I want to do me. And David had nowhere to go. But certainly they told him he had to go back. Friends, put this in the back of your mind. With this decision, they told him go back so he told his men, we have to go back. They went back dejectedly. And they were going back to Ziglad. And normally, when coming back home, they can see their village. They can see Ziglad. They can see children sprawled out. A beautiful village that they have turned it to be. But on this occasion, something is wrong. They can't see life. They can't see the plane of children in the garden. Or in the playground, they can't, they can't see the wives and the women running around. They can't see something is not right. The, the disciples of David looked at each other. Is this real? Is it Ziglag? Or where am I? My dear friends, at this point, they're trying to saddle faster. Or should I slow down? You know when you get to a point in your life where you don't know, should, should I run? To the problem or should I stay and observe? 
Should I embrace or should I listen to what he's got to say first? And the Bible said they got to Ziglag. I'm in chapter 30. Ziglag had been burnt down. Many times you run to chapter 30, but you forgot what led to chapter 30. Decisions had been taken led to chapter 30. The Bible said for the first time it occurred to those who followed David. Saul was not our problem. This man is our problem. They wept because we could follow you all this while because we had our family with us. Even if we don't have a job, we still have our family. But now, our children are gone. All that we work for is gone. The Bible said for the first time, they thought of stoning David. David himself had lost all he had. My dear friends, that's when it occurred to David that broom tree hideouts don't last. Here is the end of the race. David called Abiathar. He said, bring the ephod. The first time in 16 months, David asked to pray. He never thought to pray when he was reading, when there was no problem. On this occasion, David asked, and when he asked, I want to think about what he asked. He said, God, should I pursue? Shall I overtake them? I want to think about the I there. Because right now, it's not about how many people are praising me. I need to do some internal adjustments. Are you with me this morning? I'm going to stop there. I'll continue next week. I've gone so far above my time. I want to pray for somebody here this morning who had found themselves at this point in the life of David and Elijah. Because also for the first time, it dawned on Elijah. I have left what I was called to do. This morning, I want you to please, if you are listening to me at home, wherever you are, if you could rise on your feet or go on your knees, whatever it is, I want you to engage with your God right now. Every one of us at one point or the other, we have found ourselves in this point. But what do you do when you know that everything you've been doing so far has led you to your own problem? I need you to right now to say, Lord, have mercy. You know, the thing about God is when you call upon him, he doesn't say, who are you? David called on God. And God answered him. This morning, I see an answer of grace coming to you. I see solutions coming to you. I see God reaching out to you because God himself knows very soon you will realize that the broom tree cannot sustain you. He knows that you're going to find out that there is hope when you call on him. This morning, I want you to just talk to God and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy. Father, we thank you, Lord, because it's not just even about us not giving up. It's about you, oh God. You will not give up on us. And so we thank you for upholding us right now. And delivering us from frustrating our own destiny. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your healing. And as we make a U-turn and we run to you, thank you for embracing us. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44-208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.